Hello and welcome to the adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. From London, we present the Francis Durbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Jonathan Mystery. Episode 2, That Good Old Intuition. Robert thinks I'm imagining things, but I'm not. I swear I'm not. I'm quite sure you're not, Mrs. Ferguson. But you don't know what she's saying, But, Robert, it's true. I swear it's true. Mr. Temple, you think I've gone completely out of my mind, but... But do you know what happened this morning? Yes, Mrs. Ferguson, I know. You saw your son. Yes. What? Oh, do you know what you're saying? Do you know that... I knew it. I knew it was Richard. He... He is alive. Isn't he, Mr. Temple? Helen, please, darling, please. You see, you wouldn't believe me, Robert, but Mr. Temple believes me. He knows I'm telling you. Now, wait a minute, Mrs. Ferguson. Wait a minute, please. Temple, what the devil does this mean? You've got to explain. Just wait a minute, please. Uh, Are you all right, Mrs. Ferguson? Oh, yes, I'm all right, thanks. Well, we can't talk standing here. Let's go into the drawing room. Now, what's this all about, Temple? How did you know that my wife was under the impression that she'd seen Richard? But I did see him. All right, my dear. Now, let's hear what Mr. Temple's got to say. Ferguson, I don't think you quite understand the position. What do you mean? If your wife did see Richard, then I'm afraid you're facing a very difficult situation. How do you mean, Paul? Well, before I explain, Mrs. Ferguson, I want you to tell us what happened this morning. And please, just because your story sounds fantastic, don't imagine that we're not going to believe you. Go on, Helen. Well, I've been almost frantic ever since I heard the news about Richard. Of course. She spent most of last night crying, but this morning I finally persuaded her to go for a walk. And I went downstairs with Robert, and while he was getting his overcoat from the cloakroom, I went outside the hotel and stood in front of the main entrance. Was this the front entrance facing the stairs? Yes. Go on. But Robert was rather a long time. There'd been some confusion over the cloakroom ticket. And I stood talking to the commissioner. I don't remember what we were talking about. Anyhow, while he was talking, I suddenly looked up. And there, a few yards away, standing on the opposite corner, watching me, was Richard. Helen. Oh, he was Richard. Well, I stood there, transfixed. After a moment, he, he put his hat on, turned round... And disappeared into the strand. Well, I I just didn't know what to do. When Robert came, I told him what had happened. And, of course, he didn't believe me. But but it was Richard. Ferguson, did you ask the commissioner whether he'd seen the young man? Oh, he saw a young man, all right. But, Temple, how could it have been Richard? I saw Richard this morning. I identified the body. Did you actually identify the body? What do you mean? Now, listen. Before you even saw the body, you were convinced that your son had been murdered. He'd already been identified by three people and by a fingerprint. Yes. Now, the point is this, and it's important, Ferguson. Quite apart from what you've been told, 
Did you personally see any definite marks of identification? No. No, I didn't. Richard had no definite marks, no special peculiarities. Of course, it was impossible to identify the features because of the shot. Well? Well, he was the same build as Richard. The same coloring. He was dressed in one of Richard's suits. And he was found in the flat. But you're not certain, are you, Ferguson? You're not 100% certain. I don't know. Temple, do you think there really is a chance that Richard's still alive? Yes, I do. You see, Ron? But why, Temple? I've just been talking to a man called Red Harris. He gave me certain information which made me suspect that your son had not been murdered. When I got home and Steve told me that Mrs. Ferguson was here and almost demented, I guessed what had happened. But, Temple, if Richard isn't dead, then who was murdered? Wait a minute. A few moments ago, I told you that you were facing a very difficult situation. Believe me, I didn't exaggerate. I think I know what that situation is. What do you mean, Mrs. Temple? Well, if Paul is right and Richard is alive, then obviously... Well, he's got to be found. Of course. We shall need your help, Ferguson. We shall need all the help we can get. But, Mr. Temple, don't you understand? We want to find Richard. Uh, wait a minute, Helen. I think I see what you're getting at, Temple. You think that Richard committed the murder. Oh, no. Well, no. you think that he deliberately fostered the impression that he was the victim. So the moment could... I convince Scotland Yard that Richard Ferguson isn't dead, they'll get a warrant out for his arrest. Oh, but I don't believe that Richard committed the murder. I just don't believe Helen, it. please. How can we help you? I want you and Mrs. Ferguson to go back to the hotel. During the next few days, lead your normal life. Go shopping. If you've got any business appointments, keep them. You you do think Richard will get in touch with us? Well, I think there's a chance, Mrs. Ferguson. A very good chance. And if he does, phone me immediately. Or Inspector Gerard. You... Excuse me, yes. sir. What is it, Charlie? Sir Graham Forbes is here, sir. I've put him in the study. Oh, thank you, Charlie. Did you ask Sir Graham to call? Yes, I phoned him about an hour ago. Steve, go and have a word with him. I'll be with you in two or three minutes. Yes, all right. Goodbye, Mrs. Ferguson. Goodbye. Try not to worry too much. Oh, thank you. I feel now that there really is a chance that everything can be fine again. I hope you're right, Helen. I certainly hope you're right. Well... I'm not convinced, Temple. Just because Mrs. Ferguson imagined she saw her son... Sir Graham, listen. Harris said they forgot the ring. Now, what do you think he meant by that? Well, there's only one possible explanation. The ring was not stolen because it was never on the body. For the simple reason that the body was not the body of Richard Ferguson. But, Temple, you... Sir Graham, you mentioned the fingerprint test. What does the test consist of? We took the fingerprints of the dead man and compared them with those of Richard Ferguson. They were identical. Had you a record of Ferguson's prints? No, but... Well, then how were you able to compare them? We did what we always do in a case of this kind, Steve. We tested various objects in the flat. Ferguson's cigarette case, his razor, his wallet, his hairbrush, and so on. His fingerprints were on every one of them. They were the fingerprints of the dead man. I don't question that, Sir Graham. I simply question whether the dead man was Richard Ferguson. Look here, Temple. What you're saying is this. Someone was murdered, taken to Richard Ferguson's flat, and dressed in his clothes. 
the people responsible then proceeded to plant the fingerprints of the murdered men on Richard's personal effects. Knowing full well that you would test them in order to get a sample of his fingerprints. You haven't got Richard Ferguson's fingerprints, Sir Graham. You've only got the fingerprints of the dead man. No, I can't believe that, Temple. Now, look. If the murdered man isn't Richard Ferguson, then who is he and why was he murdered? Well, if it comes to that, why was Richard Ferguson murdered? Supposing you're right, Paul, and what you say actually did happen, then this person, the person that committed the murder, must be very thorough. But of course he's thorough. Then why did he forget the signature? Even if he hadn't Richard's ring, you'd have thought he'd have substituted one. Now, look, let's assume that before young Ferguson was shot, he put up a pretty good fight. And during the course of the fight, the signet ring came off. Mm -hmm. The people, or person, responsible for the murder, then tidied the room but forgot the signet ring. Surely that's what Red Harris meant. I don't agree. Anyhow, your people would have found it. When Harris said they forgot the ring, he said it with particular significance. In any case, Sir Graham, you can't ignore the fact that Mrs. Ferguson saw Richard. Oh, nonsense and hallucination. The woman's overwrought and highly strung. In my opinion, she saw a young man who looked like Richard and being in a nervous state... Yes, what is it, Charlie? I'm awfully sorry, Mrs. Temple, but a Mr. McIntosh is here and insists on seeing Mr. Temple. I told him he was engaged, but he won't listen to Mr. Temple, I'm sorry, but I must speak to you. Oh, this is Sir Graham Forbes, Mr. McIntosh. Yes, we've met before. Mr. Temple, there's something I've got to tell you. It's important. Terribly important. Well, this afternoon, my sister-in-law, Dinah Nelson, had a telephone call from her boss t- telling her to report back to Oxford first thing tomorrow morning. Well? Well, I've just taken Dinah to the station. I put her on the train and then went down into the underground. As I got onto the platform, there was a train leaving, and I noticed a young fellow standing by one of the doors. I only caught a glimpse of him, but I'll swear it was Richard Ferguson. Is this another hallucination, Sir Graham? Would you like some more coffee? Mm, Yes, please, darling. Here you are. Thanks. Oh, I'm glad we didn't make a date tonight. Yes, so am I. Mm. It's nice to be home again. What happened this afternoon? Well, I saw Sir Graham and Inspector Gerard. We had a chat with our Scots friend, Reggie McIntosh. The inspector took a sample of his handwriting. What did he do that for? He wanted to compare it with the handwriting on the magazine. You know, the new feature, mm-hmm. the one that was sent to Ferguson. Was it the same? No. McIntosh seemed pretty excited last night, didn't he? Bursting in like that. Well, wouldn't you be excited if you saw someone you thought was dead? Yes. yes. Anyhow, he convinced Sir Graham, which is more than we did. Who mm. do you think really happened? Do you think young Ferguson did commit the murder and then deliberately faked things? I don't know, Steve. I was talking to Gerard this afternoon about those postcards. The one that was meant for Richard and the one that Dinah Nelson got, or would have got if it hadn't been for Macintosh. Oh, you mean the ones from Jonathan? Yes, I had a hunch that the person who posted the cards also sent Ferguson the magazine. It wasn't a very good hunch, I'm afraid. The handwriting's quite different. Mm. Paul, mm? now, don't laugh. What do you mean, don't laugh? 
I've got a sort of intuition. Oh, by Timothy, not that good old intuition. No, no, really, darling, I'm serious. Well, come on, let's have it. Do you know what I think? No. I think Reggie McIntosh was lying last night. I don't think he did see Richard Ferguson. You mean you don't think that young Ferguson is alive? No, I think he's alive. Well, what then? I think Mrs. Ferguson saw him, but I don't think Reggie McIntosh did. Well, if he didn't see him, what on earth was the point of saying that he did? Oh, I don't know, darling. My intuition doesn't work that fast. <laughs> I'm not so sure it works at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> Give me a cigarette. There is a box beside you. Oh, thanks. Do you know what I did this afternoon while you were at Scotland Yard? No. I read a book. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. I found it interesting. It was called The Purple Moon. Well? By Mavis Russell. Oh, really? I thought you'd be interested. Paul, I think you ought to make a point of meeting Mrs. Russell. Why? I'm not so sure after reading her book that Dinah Nelson wasn't telling the truth. What do you mean? I think Mavis Russell might quite easily be the sort of person who could have an evil influence on an impressionable young man. (laughs) The book certainly seems to impress you, darling. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I agree about Mrs. Russell. It might be a very good idea if we went up to Oxford for two or three days. Yes. Oh, Lord, now who can this be? Hello? Hello? Is that you, Temple? Yes, who, who is that? This is Robert Ferguson. Oh, hello, good evening. Temple, I've got some news. I've got to be quick because I don't want Helen to overhear me. Well, what is it? I've heard from Richard. When? About half an hour ago, he, he telephoned me. Temple, please don't tell the police. Don't, don't say anything, at least not yet. What's the matter? I think he's in trouble. He needs money. He asked me to meet him. When, tonight? Yes. Where? Uh, yes. Where are you now? I'm at the hotel. Meet me at the back entrance facing the embankment and, and bring your car, will you? Yes, all right. I'll explain when I see you, Temple. It's just uh, five to ten. I'll be there by quarter past. Okay, thanks. Who was it, Paul? It was Ferguson. He's heard from Richard. He has? Tell Charlie to get the car, darling. Why? What's happening? I'm afraid we've got a date after all, Steve. Nice. I can hardly see through the windscreen. Oh, there's Ferguson. Where? By the lamppost. Oh, yes. I don't think he's seen us. You better blow the horn. Hmm. Oh, what's the matter with the fella? He's seen us. Hello. Oh, jump in, Ferguson. Sorry, Temple. I, I did see you, but I couldn't make it. What is it, Mr. Ferguson? It's this old heart of mine. It lets me down every now and again. I was feeling perfectly all right standing in the doorway, and then suddenly... Would you like me to take you back to the hotel? No. No, it'll pass. 
I'll be all right in a minute. I've uh, got some brandy. No, I, I mustn't take that. I, I've got some tablets for this sort of thing, but they're in the hotel. But can I go and get no, some I'll boys? be all right, Mrs. Temple. Don't worry. As long as you are all right. Yeah, I thought this would happen. The moment I start worrying about anything, I always get this confounded heart trouble. Oh, I'm sorry. Now, what happened tonight, Ferguson? Well, as I told you, Richard telephoned. Fortunately, Helen was in the bath. I was expecting a business call from Birmingham. When I picked up the phone and heard Richard's voice, I just couldn't believe it. What did he say? He said, I'm in trouble. Terrible trouble. Please don't ask any questions and listen to what I've got to say. And then he said that he needed money. He asked me to take it to an address in Lewisham. I, I wrote it down. Yeah, here it is. Thank you. Did he say anything else? No, he wouldn't let me ask any questions. When I started to talk, he hung up on me. He sounded desperate. If you want my opinion, the boy Bill. That's why I didn't want you to contact the police. Not, not tonight. Uh, is this the address? 439 Galveston Road, Lewisham? Yeah. Why have you written the name Griffith? He told me to ask for Mr. Griffiths. I think he must be staying there under that name. Yes, most probably. Uh, does Mrs. Ferguson know about this? No, I told her it was the Birmingham call. Right now, she thinks I'm in the bar drinking. Don't think. The seems to have come back. Look, Ferguson, listen. You can't come out to Lewis. I'm not like no. this. If you see your son and start getting excited, you might have a very bad attack. The best thing you can do is go straight back to the hotel and go to bed. He's right, Mr. Ferguson. We'll see, Richard. We'll bring him back to the hotel tonight, I promise. You won't take him to the police first, will you? I've told you, I'll bring him back to the hotel. Okay, Temple. Thanks. Give me your arm. There you are. Open the door. Yes, That's it. That's fine. I shan't be long, Steve. I'll be okay once I get to the elevator. I'm not so sure that he's on this side of the road. Well, it must be. We passed 403 ages ago. Ah, here we are, 439. I don't see the number. He's on the gate. That might be anything. Anyhow, we'll try it. We'd better make a dash for it. Oh, what a night. Why on earth didn't we bring the umbrella? Be careful don't slip. Phew. Oh, oh, I'm oh. What a delightful-looking establishment. Yeah. I should think young Ferguson's finding this a bit of a come-down. Yeah. Oh, let's try again. Can you get with anyone in? Yes, I think so. There's a light showing. Ah, someone's coming now. Oh, good evening. Who is it? What do you want? We've an appointment with Mr. Griffith. Oh? He's expecting you. Yes, I told you. We've an appointment. A bit late for appointment, isn't it? Nearly half past eleven. Mr. Griffith asked us to come. It's very important. Well, I don't know, I'm sure. 
haven't seen you before, have I? You're not one of the regulars. Uh, look, Mrs. Parsons is the name. Mrs. Parsons, we can't stand out here. The rain's mm. pouring off your roof. It's like standing under a waterfall. Well, you better come in. Oh, thank, thank you. you. You'll find Mr. Griffith in his room. It's the door at the top of the stairs. Oh, thank you. Oh, wait a minute. I'll put the light on. Uh, is that the room up there? Oh, yes. Oh, perhaps you'd better wait down here. I'll pop up and tell him you've arrived. He's a bit on the fussy side, is Mr. Griffith. Thank you. Mr. Griffith? Mr. Griffith, your friend's here. Mr. Griffith! Oh. Come on, see quickly. Stephen, Mrs. Parsons, I'm going into the bedroom. Oh, I saw him in the house, the door. I could see the body in the bedroom. Blood everywhere. Oh, and his terrible. What people say. What they say. Is he dead? Yes. Mrs. Parsons, that man in there, the man that's been murdered. Is that Mr. Griffith? It's not young Ferguson, Steve. It's Red Harris. Hello? Hello. Is that you, Temple? Oh. Hello, Sir Tim. You only just caught us. We were halfway down the stairs. Where are you off to? Oxford? Uh, <laughs> yes. How did you guess? The inspector told me. Oh. He said he thought you'd probably be going up there for two or three days. Yes, I want to meet Mrs. Russell and one or two of the university people. Max Wyman? Oh, uh, is he the young fellow who wrote a biography of Marcus Aurelius? Yes, that's right. Uh-huh. He's Lord Elsworth, young consultant. He's a Balliol. He knows pretty well everybody in Oxford. If you want an introduction to anybody, he's your man. Oh, I'll be glad to meet him. Sir Graham, tell me, did the inspector see Ferguson? Oh, yes. The old boy's convinced, absolutely convinced, that it was Richard who spoke to him on the phone. Uh-huh. And what about Red Harris? How long had he been staying at the house? He checked in on Monday and paid a week's rent in advance. Coincidentally, he'd been using the name Griffiths for some time. He had a driving license in that name. Hmm. All right, well, I'll contact you when I get back from Oxford to Graham. All right, Temple. I'll phone while in this afternoon. Certainly, thanks. Goodbye. Goodbye, Temple.
Hmm? Oh, in the wardrobe. Oh, there isn't any more room in the wardrobe. I'd better put them in the chest of drawers. What do you mean there isn't any more room in the wardrobe? How many dresses have you brought down here? <laughs> By Timothy, Steve, you really are the limit. This is Oxford, not south of France. You can't expect the wife of a successful novelist to go around looking like a tramp. Ah, come off it, come off it. I've got wise to that one. <laughs> Hello? Mr. Temple? Yes? This is the hall porter speaking. There's a gentleman to see you, sir, Mr. Wyman. Oh, send him up, please. Very good, sir. It's Sir Graham's friend, Max Wyman. Oh. Give me a hand with this dress, darling. Mm. Well, keep your head down. Careful. Or, or you'll tear it. I suppose you'd better invite Wyman to dinner. He'll probably be a very useful contact while we're down here. Yes. Strip me up the back, darling. Okay. Well, I wonder if Wyman knows Mrs. Russell. Didn't Sir Graham say he was Lord Ellsworth's son? Yes. Then he knows Mrs. Russell. He'll have to that, all right. <laughs> yes, I expect so. Oh, here he is. Now, come in, Mr. Wyman. Thank you. Sir Graham told me, Mr. Temple. He said you were staying down here for two or three days, and he asked me to look you up. Hmm, well, very nice of you. Um, this is my wife. Steve, this is Mr. Wyman. How, How do you do? do? You probably think it's odd my dropping in on you quite so soon, but Sir Graham said you were rather anxious to meet Mrs. Russell. Yes, as a matter of fact, I am. I understand she was a very close friend of young Ferguson's. Yes, I suppose she was. But Mavis is like that, you know. She doesn't just know people. She's always very close to them. How long have you known Mrs. Russell? Oh, two or three years. At one time, we saw rather a lot of each other. She thought of writing a book on Justinian I. You know, the Roman Emperor. The fellow who bumped off that light of focus. <laughs> I'm supposed to be rather bright on that particular period, so dear Mavis picked my brains for a month or two. She's a jolly good picker, too, when she gets going. <laughs> and, uh, did she write the book? No, she didn't. She changed her mind and wrote an absolute shocker called The Purple Moon. Oh, Mr. Wyman, you're a man after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, to get the point, Mavis is giving a cocktail party tonight at 7 o'clock. She's inviting me and a girlfriend. Well... Well, I thought it might be a very good idea if Mrs. Temple turned out to be the girlfriend. Ah, yes, a very good idea. <laughs> and then later on, Mrs. Temple can introduce you to Mrs. Russell. It strikes me as a much better idea than just you sort of barging in on her. Mm, I agree. How about it, Steve? I'm game. Well, in that case, I think we ought to be making a move. It's nearly seven o'clock now. now uh, what time will you be back? Oh, uh, half past eight at the latest. I'll drop Mrs. Temple at the hotel. No, don't do that. Uh, let's all have dinner together, say, quarter to nine. Thanks. <laughs> By the way, I expect you know Dinah Nelson. Oh, very well. Now, she was a close friend of Richard's. Miss Nelson is under the impression that Mrs. Russell exercised a sort of evil influence over him. Mm. Well, it all depends what you mean by an evil influence. Richard was very impressed by her, but he was rather an impressionable young man. Are you impressed by her? <laughs> Not in quite the same way. Oh. <laughs> Are you ready, Mrs. Temple? <laughs> yes. But you'd better make it, Steve. I think I'd better, Mrs. Temple. Oh, uh, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the hall porter to send up the evening paper, darling, will you? Don't forget. Yes, all right, Paul. Excuse me, Mr. Wyman. I shan't be a moment. I'm just going to have a word with the hall porter. Right, I'll get the car. See you outside. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Would you send an evening paper up to room 175, please? And tomorrow morning... Mrs. I... Temple? Yes? Uh, you're wanted on the telephone, madam. Uh, will you take it over here, please? Yes, of course. Here you are, madam. Thank you. Oh. Hello, Mr. Wyman. Didn't you get the car? No, I thought I'd wait for you. Will you excuse me a moment? I'm wanted on the telephone. Yes, of course. Hello? I'm in the hall. In a box? No. Are you alone? No. Is Wyman with you? Yes. Can he overhear what I'm saying? Oh, I don't think so. Listen, Steve. That man's an imposter. He isn't Max Wyman. That was the second episode of Paul Temple and the Jonathan Mystery by Francis Durbin. The part of Paul Temple was played by Peter Cook and Steve by Marjorie Westwood. The play was produced for the BBC by Martin C. Webster.